I'm Julie. Welcome to Mom Made Plans podcast, where we talk about the ultimate life hack of self-awareness plus intentional living. It's an empowering journey, but don't worry. I keep you humble by remembering God is in control. And today I have an amazing conversation to share with you that I had with our guest, Ashley Selling, who is a conscious parenting coach. And I've been leaning into this, trying to learn a little bit more about this parenting style, and maybe you've heard about it, um, maybe not. And I just feel like it's really important and wanted to take this episode to share more of what it is and the value it brings. And it just makes so much sense. Like it's a very logical approach. Like we're just used to being like, no, don't do that. No, don't do this. But you have to understand kids are kids. Like they don't know all these things yet. And you have to teach them how to think and how to operate through different um, life circumstances and just navigating through life for you as the parent and for the child just to kind of get through this with a lot less stress. So I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. I know it's going to bless you. Okay, so I have such a great episode for you guys today. We have a guest here and she really rocked my world a little bit when I heard her on another podcast recently. And I'm going to tell you what that piece was in a minute, but first I'm going to let her introduce herself. So please tell us your name and what you do and what we're talking about today. Great. Thanks so much, Julie, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. My name's Ashley Selling. I'm a conscious parenting coach and I help moms sort through their personal parenting triggers, help their, help them understand their kids' subconscious emotional needs so that everybody can just feel more calm and patient in their home and in their family. Love it. I'm always on the pursuit of just having more peace and calm for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have heard, I've been listening myself recently, more of this. It has a few different terms out there, but like patient parenting actually goes by conscious parenting. Like there's a few terms kind of for the overall um, same bubble, I think of info. And it's just been really cool to take in and how I first heard about Ashley and hearing what she had to say. And in this podcast, she shared this awesome takeaway of it's not, it's our job to teach our kids how to think, not what to think. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that again, how to think, not what to think. And I was like, of course, they're just kids. You have to teach them how to process things. And it was like a dull moment, but so like epiphany. So with that, like coming, I think that has a lot to do with it, but I'd love for you to just kind of give us a, for those of us who haven't heard too much about it, or maybe a little bit, just kind of give us a definition, like summary of what, what this is, like, what is conscious parenting? Absolutely. Absolutely. So a lot of terms that I think are relatively similar, conscious parenting, intentional parenting, mindful parenting, positive parenting, calm parenting, (laughs) positive discipline. They're all somewhat similar in being aware of what it is that we're doing as parents and how we're showing up to our kids while also helping our kids 
instill worth in themselves. Mm -hmm. And instead of using shame and blame tactics, we're using a a positive discipline, uh, discipline style versus like when I was a kid spanking timeouts, punitive punishment was front and center in my personal childhood. So this type of parenting, instead of using punitive punishment, we switch to logical consequences, natural consequences for kids to really understand what happens when whatever situation arises. So like threatening, gosh, I remember when I was a kid and I would be threatened, oh, you're going to get your Barbies taken away if you do blah, blah, blah. So in this type of parenting, there are consequences. However, it's delivered in a more loving way, logical way versus just saying threats or it's, it's just a more natural approach to having consequences. And then it actually ends up feeling a lot better for parents and kids because I haven't always been parenting this way, but when my, when my first son was younger, like yelling was my go-to because I didn't know what else to do. And I mean, I think we can all be honest here that nobody really likes yelling. I don't like yelling. My kids don't feel good when I yell at them. Not to say that there's, you know, we're never going to yell, but if we can have this foundation of conscious parenting, being aware of what it is that we're saying and what we're doing, and then also understanding what our kids' needs are so that we can meet those in a way for everybody to feel more calm and patient. Yeah. I love that. There's so many things. And I, I will tell people all the time, I'm an open book and like, I am not proud of this, but I would, I have never been a yeller. Like in my marriage, we don't are, we don't really have like verbal arguments. Like that was never a thing. And I had kids and all of a sudden I was a yeller. I'm like, Whoa, Mm -hmm. where's this coming Mm -hmm. from? They have this like magic superpower over me that I just like lose it. And I've gotten a lot better, but it's, that is such an easy default to, I feel like it just is that reactive, like yelling or the thing of like, I'm going to take away whatever. And this is the concept of here on this podcast of being intentional. And I think that's so much of this foundation of like, hold on, let's stop and think about like what's actually happening from their point of view. So that I love that use the term like logical approach, something that they are understand. We're not just like spewing different consequences, like mm-hmm. things that it's something that actually makes sense to them where they're learning, um, what's going on, like why it's happening, like why this is yeah. an okay behavior or whatever. Yeah. And gosh, from my experience in this line of work, you are so not alone. There's, I can't think of one client that I've ever had who has said, Oh, I don't yell <laughs> like <laughs> I yell at times. (laughs) So for anybody that's listening, if you're feeling guilty that you've yelled, if it happened yesterday, if it happened today, like let yourself off the hook because there's just no such thing as never getting upset. There's and and responding. Sure. We can do better and do different things, but 
if anybody's listening to this and they're like, I yelled at my kid and I'm so upset, like let yourself off the hook because it can shift and it can shift a lot easier than you might think. Yeah. And I think part of that shift, I don't know if there's any more you want to go over on that, but just that idea of that, like that discipline, these different options for discipline are opportunities for learning. Um, not just be like, no, that's bad. Don't do that without ever Mm -hmm. explaining to them. Is there anything you wanted to? Yeah. I love that you bring that up because I think, I think one of the misconceptions about this type of parenting is that there's a lot of talking having to happen. Yeah. And there might be occasions where we're explaining things and depending on the child, like if, if there's a child that is really driven by having power, so like a defiant child and and they, or strong willed, I see these kiddos called often it's almost, it's better not to explain yourself Mm. because it opens the door for a stronger power struggle. Whereas there's other kids as personality types that are more willing to listen to the explanation. But if, if we're going into too much detail, our young kiddos brains become overstimulated and it's hard for them to decode what is most important from our explanation. Mm, That's what I always tell to go too too far. Yeah. I always tell clients, like if, if there's something really important that you have to explain to your kids, do your best to keep it 10 words or less, Hmm. because that way you're not overloading them with this giant long description. Yeah. And we're also not inviting a, a power struggle in this point or room for them to disagree. So Mm -hmm. that's, you know, occasional conversations like that. And, and then the other piece of that is setting boundaries ahead of time so that whatever situation arises, it's, there's no explanation needed because there's already boundaries in place on how to handle certain situations. So for instance, I can share an example if you'd like. Yes. I was going to ask. Yeah. So I, um, I did something with my kids. I wish I could remember exactly where I took them, but I, I took my kids. We'll just say for the sake of sharing an example, I took my kids out to dinner. So I have two kids. I have a four year old and a six year old. They're both boys. They're turning five and seven really soon. And I took them out to dinner by myself and setting a boundary would look like, Hey, we're going to go and we're going to eat at this teppanyaki restaurant that we all love. And when we're at the table, there will be no yelling. There will be no throwing food, like whatever crazy things I could think of. And I I probably would only list two or three things to keep it short, but I'm setting this boundary before we even get into the restaurant. I'm letting them know, Hey, when we're at the table, there's no yelling, there's no throwing food. There's no, I think those are the only two things I listed when we went out to the restaurant. But you can insert the things like if this is a situation for your family and you know there's consistent situations that come up when you're out to dinner, you can say those things just like that. Hey, when we're out to dinner, there's no throwing food, blah, blah, blah. And then we can talk about, then I'll tell my kids when that happens, then we're going to have to leave the restaurant. 
And sure, that isn't convenient for me, but if I'm, I don't want to be losing my cool over how dinner is happening. And honestly, nine times out of 10, when a boundary is set beforehand, it sets the expectation that kids can understand. And they're like, oh, I can't do that at the dinner table. I might be able to, if I'm playing outside, I can be loud and talk really loud. But when I'm at the dinner table, I have to have an inside voice and there's no throwing food. Yeah. Um, so I hope that expectations, right. Setting the expectations ahead of time. And And I think this will take a few, uh, maybe (laughs) difficult times perhaps. I think, I think it's more us to be honest, because whatever boundary we set, we have to follow through with. Right. That's the scary thing. If you say you're leaving, I'm like, Oh, then you got to leave. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, that's just an example. I, I did in fact, take my kids out to dinner. I did not set that boundary ahead of time because they're pretty good generally because we already have these boundaries in place. So it does take a few times, but once you have this boundary, they understand going forward and now you're not having to repeat yourself at all. Yeah. So a little encouragement to hang in there. If your first attempt is a little rough, like give it. Right. Right. And so, um, a better boundary that's easier to follow through with, you could say, instead of leaving, you could say there will be no coloring pencils or whatever at the dinner table or, whatever other type of logical consequence could be associated with at the restaurant. Um, so it doesn't have to be leaving the restaurant because that, sure. that does take follow through on our part. And right. that's not always convenient for us. Yeah. So be careful what you say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. have to be willing to follow through. Yeah. yeah. That's a great, a great example. I love the concept of, yeah, just those boundaries, setting the expectations. And that's so much where feel like it's just communication, like just, mm-hmm. just being on the same page. Like that's across the board of any age, like just being on the same page with people can get you so far. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I love that. And I wanted to, you kind of went into it a little bit, um, with the different, um, personalities. I wanted to give an example with my kids. So I have twins, boy and girl, and they're mm-hmm. seven And even though they're twins, they are very different, (laughs) including you were talking about, um, how much we speak to them. And so my son has like a sequence of behaviors when he does something wrong. It's this whole process that I, it's just, it happens every time. And at the end, he is very verbal. He wants to talk about it. He might speak badly about himself and you have to like work with that. And, but he has to like have a conversation, ask questions. And like, you have to like talk him off the ledge, like it's okay. And going through things. And so it's very, but I've learned it's very successful when I've started doing this, like we can work through things quicker and I will try and implement sooner. Like, Hey, do you need to talk about this? Will it feel better Mm -hmm. if you want to like talk about something we can go or whatever. And just trying to like, know that works for him to diffuse, but then my daughter, these strong willed <laughs> as your example, does not want to talk. She won't, she bolts. She's going to just run and not look at you, not speak to you. So for those, anyone else with me in this camp of like kids that just seem to be very different in 
like parenting? Like how mm-hmm. do you have any just like basic like tips or just for us, like mindset of like, how do you navigate kids that are different? Do you seem to have one like in this parenting style that usually goes or are there like variations? Yeah. Yeah. Such a great question because no two kids are going to be exactly the same. And what works for one may not work for the other. And I think it's really, really common to be in that camp that you have two totally different personalities of things that help one kid, but not the other. So I would just say that understanding, truly understanding what each kiddo's subconscious emotional need is. So that's, that's what I term it. And what that means is understanding if, if, are they driven by power? Are they driven by special service? Are they driven by special attention? Are they feeling, um, like they, they want to seek revenge. They're, they're hurting. Do they feel inadequate? So those, those kids is triggers. That's another term I use for it. Kids is triggers. When you really understand that it makes such a world of difference of how you approach that. Yeah. Um, I have a workshop that I cover that in great, great detail, but I think if if a child is driven by power or wants mm, a say in their own decisions that affect them, giving them options is generally helpful for them. But what people might not know, right? Because, you know, giving kids options, I, I feel like that's a mainstream parenting recommendation that I hear a lot. It's like, oh, well, I gave my kid options and it didn't work. And I'm like, but I don't think they're driven by power. So Mm, this is for you. Yeah. Right. So this is for you. If you feel like you have a defiant child, strong-willed child, or they just want to be in control and what their belief is really behind that is they feel like they belong only when they are the boss or when they are in charge. Mm. And that can be especially hard for us as parents if we have that own need to be in control too. And I think just having that awareness alone helps because yeah. it we can have more compassion for our kids when we understand what beliefs, what self-beliefs they have about themselves and then approach it in a more compassionate way for their emotional needs. Yeah. That's so powerful. I love that. It's, and just to think of all of this, I'm a big proponent of just self-awareness and being aware of others. And so taking that to your kids and just helping them understand how they work too, by just, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, pointing that out. That's huge. No, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I'm the definitely think into that some more for my daughter and just, you want them. Yeah. Cause when you think about it that way, it's just like, Oh, I don't want them to feel like not valued. Like if they're in like, like highlight those other times to be like, you're still really important right now. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Finding ways to encourage in the good times, not just in the disciplinary moments, um, just an overall holistic. Absolutely. I love that. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we've got the different, kid styles. That was super helpful. And I know you also specialize in on the parent side, because I feel like so much of this, and I feel like some people have hesitation, 
myself included sometimes because I'm like, oh, this is a lot of work because it's just like our, this is not our default a lot of times. And it does Mm -hmm. take that intentionality and a lot of work and we all have our own things. And so um, you like to talk about identifying like our parenting triggers. Did you want to share a little bit more about that with us? Yeah, I'd love to. So, and I, I love how you pointed out that it, it is a bit of work on us and when everybody feels better, you know, when we feel better as moms, when our kids feel better, everybody does better. Yeah. So it's worth it. It it is like, it is a commitment. It's a lifestyle, but at the same time, once you have a little bit of practice, it makes it so much easier. So for anybody listening, who's like, I don't know if I can do that. You 10,000% can, because I see it time and time again. And once you get over that, like, I don't know, two week hump of trying to figure it out, it starts to click more. Yeah. And once you see the difference and how like you feel good that you're not having to like lose your mind all the time and like seeing how they respond, it is so encouraging and motivating Mm-hmm. Yeah. To pursue mm-hmm. this further. And I feel like that's where, that's where I'm at in my personal journey of this, of like, I've tasted it and I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Once you open the doors for real, it's, it's hard to go back. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to go hundred percent back to like what we were doing before that. Yes. Which is encouraging. Like most of the time we're not happy with where we're at right now. Like there is Mm -hmm. too much yelling, too much frustration, too much, just like fighting over everything. And so if you're not loving how it is now, then yeah, it's going to take a little bit of work to move it, but just realizing like, do I want to stay in my current parenting style? Like, am I happy with it? If not, I like to give a little tough love of like, okay, (laughs) make the choice. This is where you're at. Like you're either going to stay there if you don't change anything or Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. move to more peace and calm, which we all want. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, was just talking with someone the other day and I think what gets in the way a lot of times of making more of a commitment to this parenting style is this cycle of hope that we get in. It's like, Oh, I'm I'm hoping this is just a phase. I'm hoping, you know, these things are going to go away and, some days are really good. And then those like really bad days, it's like, what am I going to do? And then, you know, after that really bad day, there's this calm moment or shift. And then it's like, okay, it's all better. It's all better. (laughs) But eventually these same patterns and beliefs and behaviors, they, they come back. So I think that cycle of hope, like, oh, it's, this is just a phase it's going right. to go away. We're always like, trying to rationalize. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but wait, <laughs> but wait, <laughs> remember that happened last week <laughs> and mm-hmm. the week before. Yeah. yeah. That's such a yeah. good point. How we pump <laughs> ourselves out of like, no, it's really fine. It's fine. Like, yeah, I'm all good here. Yeah. All good. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, um sorry. Yeah. So the parenting triggers, do you want me to touch on yeah. that? Yeah, that'd be great. So just like I was saying how there's kids as triggers, or I call them also call them subconscious emotional needs that kids have. We as moms and parents, we have that too. We have what I call parenting triggers. And 
that's based on how our kids are acting or whatever crazy thing that they might do that causes us to feel heated or activated or upset, frustrated, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And when we can identify those parenting triggers that we have, we can then use those triggers to help ease, just like we ease our kids' emotions, help ease our own emotions. Yeah. And there isn't anyone else other than ourselves that can identify those things at, at our core. And oftentimes I see that these parenting triggers that we all have, they get in the way of us being the mom that we really want to be. So, um, a couple of the triggers, this fear of being unloved by our child, the fear of judgment, the, um, fear of fear of feeling inadequate and fear of passing on generational mistakes. And then the fear of our kids not growing up to be successful mm-hmm. and this stuff goes really deep. So I'll just keep it surface more surface here, but it's, it's how we respond in the moment. So for instance, if I'm at, at the store and all of a sudden my son is really upset that he wants that Batman toy. And this, this is actually a real life story. We were at target and he, my son lost it in the middle of target, this aisle, because they didn't have the Batman toy that he wanted. Of course. And like tears down his cheeks, he's on the floor and there's this person that's like, oh, you need to control your kid. They told me this. You need to control your kid. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> this was before, gosh, I think my son was like two at the time. So this was really before I knew my son is, he's almost seven now. So that was like five years ago before I did any parent coaching, but that moment was such an eye opener because I felt so, I felt inadequate. I didn't know how to properly handle his tantrum in the middle of target. I felt judged that other person. Yeah, that I get devastating. That would like crush you. That is horrible. Yes. <laughs> um, I can, I can laugh about it now because it was really a defining moment for me of, okay, we're going to, we're going to make some changes so that I can feel adequate of, even if my, even if my son is having a tantrum in the middle of the aisle at target, that I can keep my cool and still feel proud of how I handle that situation. Because at the end of the day, what matters most is the connection that I have with my son not what other people are saying or thinking that I should be doing. Yes. Preach it. (laughs) (laughs) So being able to separate from these personal parenting triggers that I have and still maintain a good relationship with my son in those moments, because I'll tell you when that happened, I was not calm. I was really uncomfortable that he was in the middle of the aisle there. And then that person told me that, and I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, get up right now. Who cares that they don't have this Batman toy? Yeah. And it, it just knowing what I know now, I could have handled it in a cleaner way that like, Hey, okay. That person said that to you, but they're not, they don't live with me and their opinion of me doesn't actually matter. Right. 
for sure. That was a big moment in my life as a mom. And I'm sure I know there's other people that have had similar situations and it's always at target. (laughs) (laughs) Why? All right. Mean moms, what's happening? We're going to convict you. Please think before you speak. We've all, I feel like so many, I mean, if you're a parent, like who hasn't gone through that to some extent where your kid is Mm -hmm. losing it. And I feel Mm -hmm. like once, once you are a parent, you see that and you almost want to be like, it's, a, it's okay. Like give them the look yes. of like, I get it. It's okay. Yeah. No, I'm not judging you. Like, don't freak out. Mm-hmm. We're all like, mm-hmm. What do you do? They're just losing it. Um, yeah. 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 But to be more equipped. And I think so much of it is our energy of what we're putting into it. Like, yeah, if you're freaking out, it only adds to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just mm-hmm. love that you part of this whole thing is just giving the parents confidence. And even if you are in a less than ideal situation, absolutely. You can at least feel, I love that you use the word proud of yourself going mm-hmm. through it. Cause I think that's so much like at the end, we just want to feel good about how we've handled things and we're not going to be perfect and you have to give yourself grace, but just to, yeah, just to be okay. Like, okay. I did my best in this situation. Like, I don't feel bad about it. Like it's going to be okay. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think that's honestly what makes me different than other parenting coaches that, you know, I focus a lot on the mom and how we can feel good. And like what you were saying, feeling proud of the way that we're parenting so that when like I said earlier, when we feel better, we do better and same with our kids. So when we're feeling better about ourselves as moms, we're going to be a better parent just naturally. For sure. And yeah, that whole thing of, um, I don't know, like it's been out, but like one of those things, like everyone just wants to feel seen and heard. And so like, as the kids and as us, just like that, going back to just being on the same page, like just the change, like you feeling better. I think your kids picking up on that and, um, it's a process, but yeah, I just feel like it's a beautiful journey and I'm all about it. And I'm so glad you're, you're here, like just kind of breaking some myths and just telling us how it is. And so I would just say like, if there's any, just ask for those listening who do want to maybe try a few things of like, how do I, okay, I'm over here. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my goal. I'm not feeling good about my parenting style. Like what are maybe like the first like step or two of like, how do we, like, what do you recommend to just like start maybe just something simple to. Yeah. Um, so I have a freebie. Is that okay to share? Yeah, certainly. Okay, cool. So I have a, a freebie that is called, what did I call it? 11 phrases to say when your child is crying. And I just love this because it's, it's such a great way to shift how we respond when our kids are crying or not necessarily just crying, but when they're upset and having like, I have this on my fridge so that I can reference it so that my husband can reference it. Anybody babysitting can reference it. And I just feel like I have this, this outline of a safety net that I can go to and rely on for something to say to my child or my kids when they're upset. So I think that is an awesome place to start. 
It's a free PDF guide. There's also tips like, you know, when you're first implementing it, there's a couple of tips that are really great to know as you're first starting out with this style of parenting. Mm. And then once you download the guide as well, there's a couple other tips in an email that you'll get as well. I think that's such an amazing place to start. And then, um, I also offer misbehavior makeover, which is a workshop. And that is where I dive so into detail of these different personalities that kids have and their triggers and how, like how to respond to their triggers in a way that helps them listen or motivates them to listen. Mm -hmm. Both of those are such great starting points, depending on where someone's at in their journey. Yeah. Um, that is amazing. Thank you so much. I will make sure we I'll include, um, links to that in the show notes. So you guys can find it, but that I love that just like really practical tool. The first part of like, just the list of literally having it on the fridge to be in your face, to be like, okay, yeah, (laughs) about to lose it. Like, look, at here's what you can say. Take a breath, mm-hmm. <laughs> say the thing. And like, yes, I, I love that. Um, that's such a fun, practical thing um, yes. for sure. So that's amazing. Thank you so much. I, yeah, we'll definitely check out. Um, I'll link in all of Ashley's great resources. It's so worth the investment of time and energy to just get to the root. I love to get to the root of issues and just really, figure it out. Like why spend all of this time, like stressing and feeling bad and being anxious, like for years <laughs> there is, this isn't just hard at toddler age. This is like for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and just to like, I'm all about like, okay, just go. The person who has been through it knows how to tell you how to fix it. Like, why not mm-hmm. fix it and just give yourself, make life easier. That's always the goal. hundred percent. So, yeah. I so appreciate that. Um, is there anything else you want to tell us where to find you? Um, like I said, I'll include it in the show notes, but yeah, let us know. Um, yeah, no, I I'm at Ashley selling on Instagram and my last name is like, you're selling a house, but one L <laughs> and, <laughs> Perfect. so yeah. Awesome. Well, definitely you guys go follow her. She does some really fun, um, videos and, and tips <laughs> and things. So go check her out. And like I said, I'll link, um, in the show notes, all the details for these helpful resources. She is, um, graciously sharing that freebie list. I think it's such a great idea. So I'm, I'm going to hop on that and try it and I'll, yes. I'll keep you guys posted. Um, but thank you so much for your time. This is such I think just such an important piece of us for moms and just building this intentional life. The intentional parenting is just a big part of our world. And so thank you so much for pouring. Thank you so much. Thanks, Julie, for having me. All right. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I pray this episode gave you new insights and encouragement. Now there's no like button on podcasts. So it means literally everything if you scroll down and take a moment to leave a review. And don't forget to bless your fellow moms and friends with these takeaways by sharing on social and of course tag me so I can see what's helping you. And as always, check the show notes for any helpful resources that I mention. All right, go check some boxes.